If that was me, I would have taken that resignation letter and shoved it up his six different times. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. We're still discussing that uh, paperwork snafu that they're snafu referring to in the it's Woodward book. Paperwork rape, raper work, a resignation letter. How many times shoved where? Not exactly sure. I haven't gotten to that part in the book. I started reading it last night. Live from Studio C. Say, senor. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, everybody. Today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Serious one this morning. I've just been thinking about it. Uh, first responders and others who are still getting sick from September 11th, 2001. And good for everybody who fought for, you know, them getting the health care they need. I saw a thing the other day about how many men have gotten breast cancer who worked around ground zero. I mean, it's just right. an insane number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, really astounding the damage that was done after the attacks that hasn't gotten nearly the, the same attention. How about the fact that the, 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 the planners and participants of the attack that we have apprehended have still not been put on trial yet? Khalid Sheikh Mohammed has still not been put on trial even though we've been holding him forever because of the, the around to it. all the ridiculousness of this and that. Anyway, uh, let's introduce everybody in our squad. I am going to talk about the Woodward book as I started reading last night. You know, it uh, came out at, on September 11th, so I figured that'd be midnight on the East Coast. They'd go by East Coast time, and it'd be available to us on the West Coast at 9 o'clock, but it wasn't. It was available at 9.30 for some reason. <laughs> anyway, so I downloaded it at 9.30 and started reading. Got about 40 pages in. It's already freaking fascinating. Mm. It is really good. His credibility has been called into doubt, Jack. I hadn't heard that. There is our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing mm. buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Um, a brief uh, September 11th note. I just remember running a, we were running a best of ANG 17 years ago. We and were on vacation. You were on vacation, and I'm running this, and I remember looking at the monitor, and it just says, you know, small plane hit. You know, it just started as a small story and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the news director running into the studio and instructed me to throw whatever's on the air, just take it off and throw on the news. And then mm. Joe running in to the studio and saying, you know, I took my daughter to school and there were people crying. I thought something had happened at the school. And then here he was and he got on the air and that's that's where we went. I was happily drunk and unaware of the events of the day. Yeah. 
Typical of you. Walking around the countryside of England. It's it's always, September 11th is always an interesting uh, memory for me as it was one of the greatest days of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you were, in, you were in, uh, across the pond. Yeah. yeah. And when I, this country needed him most. And that, particu- that particular day I had planned, I'd gotten this map of country pubs and i was walking around that in the country like the best thing ever i was walking through empty fields full of like sheep or cows climbing over fences old castles just out in the middle of nowhere right up to pubs that were 400 years old that nobody was in and drinking beer and walking on to the next one with a backpack hello and i did that all day long wow there's a couple of times i saw people gathered around tvs but i didn't think much of it Oh, perhaps a lorry and hit Big Ben. I'm on vacation. I'm, you know, right, exactly. Yeah. Whatever the story of the day is. Yep. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. I, I bring you the tale of a, of a young man named Tyler Schultz. A, a, a man called Tyler Schultz. Gotcha. Just stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> now, back in May of this year, he was, uh, he was much in love. And he was trying to figure out a creative way to propose to his then-girlfriend. So he reached out to a video game manufacturer who was making the new Spider-Man game. Said, hey, would it be possible for you to put my marriage proposal as an Easter egg in your video game? Because me and my girl were both gamers. We'll get the game and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the game came out this past weekend. They have since broken up. Relationships are hard. People are complicated. (laughs) So now, there's the saddest Easter egg in video game history. That's the the little marquee there of the Spider-Man game, right on a theater in in New York City. They have Maddie, Will You Marry Me? But but alas, Maddie and and a a man called Tyler Schultz are no longer a thing. Tyler better at begging for things than keeping relationships together, apparently. (laughs) Came up with the clever proposal, not the whole keep the relationship together. <laughs> right. I remember when the other day... That's kind got, of a microcosm of modern relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I wonder, because uh, there are there are some studies that the bigger the wedding, the less likely the marriage is to last. I wonder if that's that. true with creative proposals. <laughs> the people who wow. really, you know, get a plane to fly a banner or whatever. Sure. I wonder. I wonder, too. A guy the other day, I heard one on the news, he had uh, enlisted his cop friend to pull them over while they're driving. That's and um, uh, pulled him over and uh, had had the guy get out of the car and said, do you have anything to say for yourself? And he said, yes. And he turned to his girlfriend and said, will you marry me? <laughs> and she said, what the F? <laughs> it took her a while to figure out what was going on. Said, yes. Then, of course, the cop shot his gun in the air in excitement. Right. Woohoo! <laughs> wow. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I got to tell you, I like Michael. I was on the air on uh, 9-11, and I uh, was doing news at a uh, rock and roll station, and, uh, you know, we were flat out playing the hits. How many hits in a row, Marshall, oh, for God, your sometimes, work sometimes we might have oh, six or seven hits wow, in a row. that's a lot of hits. Yes, indeed. But I'll never forget. I saw the notice come across, just like Michael did when he mentioned this. It said, small plane hits high-rise in New York. It was just like a little blurb. And then, within minutes, all of a sudden, we're getting more and more and more of these reports. And within maybe 15 minutes or so, the music was gone, and we were we were uh, 24-7 covering what was going on in New York. And just the images of the planes coming into the uh, to the uh, towers that was that was incredible. Yeah, we should talk more about that later. The end of our vacation from history, as George yeah. Will called it, because I'm not happy with my reaction and America's reaction after 9/11. If I can put a sour note on this day, I'm embarrassed. Feel by free. The, I'm embarrassed by the way the country reacted. <laughs> I really, I just think it was it's childish in in retrospect. 
We wouldn't today, I don't think. I think most of us are more awakened to the realities of the world. Yeah, I think I know where you're heading with this, and that was actually part of my message in the, the days immediately after the attacks, when you, again, were cavorting about, gallivanting about a foreign land. Eating beans for breakfast or whatever they do. Refusing to come back where you were needed. Yeah, you weren't allowed to fly. I took the first flight that would allow you to leave, which was almost a week later, because Heathrow Airport was closed down, because nobody knew what was going on. Which, oh damn, I'm stuck in England, was my thinking. Tally-ho. Tally-ho, indeed. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, September 11th, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approved this program. How was that week spent? I don't remember talking about that with you prior to uh, now. Just continue. Same thing. Regular sightseeing. Some of the sightseeing was was more interesting and impactful than it would have been. Like when I went to Buckingham Palace, they played the national anthem for only like the second time in its history. Uh, Hmm. The U.S. Since we whooped their ass, right? (laughs) Still some hard feelings. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. This is a true story, everybody. Um, You know, I was booted from the Magic Kingdom. Good. (laughs) So that's Barack Obama? He got kicked out of Disneyland? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was smoking cigarettes as a kid, and they they threw him out. (laughs) That's that's a good presidential story right there. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, White House still discounting fear while stepping up the search for the op-ed writer. We've got the most valuable college majors and more fallout from the ouster of CBS honcho Leslie Moonves. Coming up. I'd forgotten that he rose up from being a child star. I didn't know that. I don't recall what show he was on or anything, but yeah. He's been in the biz since he was a lad. Was he one of the cute little kids in Who's the Boss or something? I mean, what was what was he on? I, I don't recall, but he... he was he a little his, rascal? He learned his morals in Hollywood. <laughs> gotcha. And, and they'll soon be lecturing us from the stage of the Oscars. Well, if he was a child star, was he sexually abused as a kid and then Who took knows? that into adulthood? It's certainly conceivable. How's mailbag lurk? Oh, it's it's fine. It's good. It's a, Yeah. Super. <laughs> so you'd think since you asked me that every single day, I'd, uh, I, I'd have an answer. I sure don't want to have a dark program. I mean, since we're kind of a humor-based news organization here, but... A little this little ad. The worst balance. human catastrophe of the 21st century is set to unfold in Syria, and nobody seems to be interested in the least of stopping it from happening. Nah, back to the, the sand countries. Yeah. Speaking of 9-11. Stay here. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One school in America is bringing back the paddle. I was explaining this to my son the other day. He couldn't believe it. Bringing back a paddle. That when I was his age, the teacher had a paddle. It's a paddling. And if you broke the rules, they'd hit you with a stick. We uh, had the, the principal armed with a paddle. A teacher, a lowly teacher, did not have the right oh, to Mrs. Rutledge, bring the, wood to Heine. Mrs. Rutledge, who stood about four foot tall, the eighth grade English teacher, was well mean known for snake. being the worst paddler because of her height, was the belief she would hit you in the back of the thighs. Oh. 
Because she was That's, so short. It's quite the conspiracy theory, sort of, <laughs> kind of, in a I way. I never got paddled, so it didn't bother me, but... Now. Yes. Walking out turn, right to paddling. Looking out the window, that's a paddling. <laughs> Staring at my sandals, that's a paddling. Paddling the school canoe. Oh, you better believe that's a paddling. Now, see, that one's not fair, because you're supposed to paddle a canoe. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. Should they bring that back in schools? <laughs> and will we take your calls? I have, I have, a, I have strong opinions. All right, mailbag. Oh boy, Raiders lost on Monday Night Football. Las Vegas can have them. I don't know. Apparently. I have no idea. Didn't even think of it. Freedom-loving quote of the day from Thomas Paine in Common Sense. Society in every state is a blessing, but government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil. In its worst state, an intolerable one. For when we suffer or are exposed to the same miseries by a government, which we might expect in a country without a government, our calamity is heightened by reflecting that we furnish the means by which we suffer. We are paddling ourselves. How many people feel that way? How many people feel that way that government... Is at best a a what necessary evil? Necessary evil. Yeah, because I feel that way, but I don't think most people do. That is precisely what I was thinking as I read this quote for the umpteenth time this morning. I think most people view the government as Santa Claus. It exists to give them stuff, and they're dimly aware that that stuff has to be taken from others. But if you spend enough time saying, "Well, the people who have are bad people." And you're a good person, and you deserve, so we're just going to take from the bad people. Well, yeah, after a while. Uh, well, it'd be Santa Claus if Santa Claus beat up some kids and took their toys. It should be kind of cool. Robin Hood Claus. Kids that deserved it. Moving along, we had a listener uh, mention that they were having bacon and pudding for breakfast. Yes. David in... Uh, in Oregon, or oh, that was David in Oregon. Dave in uh, Elkless Grove, California says, Bacon pudding for breakfast, huh? You're obviously not a Jewish diabetic. Good, <laughs> good, good, good point. Uh, all right, let's see, moving along. Uh, let's see, I stole this from the Facebook timeline of a friend who works for Nike here in Beaverton. Had to share it with y'all. That's Mike in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, and uh, Nike evidently is putting out uh, notice how to burn our product safely. Always start your fire outdoors, stand at least five feet from the open flames, keep the clothes you are wearing uh, away from the flame, etc., etc. How to burn Nike uh, stuff uh, safely. I will not wear any more or fewer Nikes based on that ad, but I would say this. So you hate America. All right, duly Um, noted. I'm 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 just not going to attach my shoes to uh, to politics. I just I just can't go that direction. What if your shoes have attached themselves to politics? <laughs> I say you untie them and free your feet and your mind. Well, as an older man, I'd prefer the Velcro of freedom. <laughs> um, but this. So Nike got back to profitability as of uh, yesterday on the stock market, having lost a billion or so. As soon as the ad dropped and yeah. then back. So can we officially, I wish I had the power, to officially put an end to declaring something good or bad based on what the stock price did the next day? Uh-huh. Donald Trump was elected. As you can see, Americans across the country have seen their 401ks disappear. They eliminated $50 trillion in wealth. This or, was a disaster, Or the Jim. same with Nike or Brexit or whatever. Can right. we officially put an end to that? 
and realize if something unexpected happens, it goes down. Yes. And it may come back, it may not. But it's no indication whatsoever of whether or not it was a good idea. Zero. Unless you're a short seller, it just doesn't mean anything. Moving along. That's what I got to get into with my positive Sean portfolio is the short selling. I hear a lot of people talking about that. That'll keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, it will. (laughs) Keep in mind your losses are possibly unlimited. Let's see. Where's John? Uh, uh, Let's see. Some some ancient broad on Broadway. Uh, Actress Carol Cook, age 94, joked uh, of Donald Trump, where's John Wilkes Booth when you need him? Of course, she knew John Wilkes Booth. The inevitable, if that was a uh, conservative oldster talking about Barack Obama, the world would stop. It would be bold-faced headlines and everything. Somebody paper, made that et joke. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah. That's not a cool joke. Some 94-year-old chick on Broadway. Yeah, but that's still not a cool joke. No, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Her crowd work's not much good either. <clears throat> um, wow. That's a little over the top. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's totally uncool, but I don't know. But you are right. The reverse situation, it would be, it would be a thing. If an ancient conservative actor, if 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 uh, elderly Clint Eastwood, yes, said that about Barack Obama, look at this empty chair. <laughs> you think that would have gone unnoticed? No, I hadn't even heard not. that story. <clears throat> he would never work again. He would never direct a movie again. I don't know what this ninety-four-year-old gal is doing or has done, or if she'll to, ever do anything again. But he'd have to get in his Grand Torino with his elderly orangutan and <laughs> go look for a fist fight. <laughs> movie it's, tradesman. It's the only sane response. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here's a reassuring note from uh, Timothy. We had, uh, well, how'd the story come to us that somebody or other is concerned there's not enough diversity among hikers? <laughs> right. That was a New York Times article. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Timothy writes, I'm not sure how strict the rules governing Caucasian acres are enforced. Uh, I no longer live in Caucasian acres. I moved last year to uh, White Bread Heights. Uh, but if you go on, uh, if you go to any of the public hiking trails, uh, you'll notice Asians are well represented. In Los Angeles, it's not uncommon for our eastern source neighbors to make a majority of the hikers around Griffith Park. Well, that is reassuring, Timothy. <laughs> Thank you for that. Plenty of diversity among California hikers. Ah, yes. Here's here's a nice po- uh, note from Tim. It's back-to-back Tim's on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, our conversation with uh, Greg Lukianoff was uh, very well reviewed by the folks. Thank you for the feedback. I wish I hadn't missed it. Now it's gone forever out into space. Oh, no. No, indeed. It's available on yesterday's podcast. What? The sec- third hour of the show. Wow. Is it labeled hour three or eight o'clock hour? Yeah, that's that's good because if somebody was listening in, say, Malaysia, that time would mean nothing to them. So it's hour three. Because they don't have clocks in Malaysia? Exactly. They're clockless. Um, uh, they tell time by the tides in Malaysia. I'm also told Fareed Zakaria had Lukianoff on, uh, and it was terrible. It was stupid. The interview was uh, really? an abortion. Yeah. Oh, that seems odd. Mm. Your dystopian with Greg, uh, conversation with Greg Lukianoff got me thinking about how anyone right of Bernie Sanders is referred to far right on college campuses. Talked about the feedback loop. Where there's bias against conservatives, they just don't get hired. So far leftists are considered left. Your standard libs are considered right. Anyone more conservative than a standard liberal is considered far right. And then anybody who's really conservative is a Nazi. Of course, everybody's a Nazi. Even Brett Weinstein of Evergreen State University in Olympia, Washington, who's unquestionably a lefty, became a Nazi somehow. 
Marshall's news on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Trump bashing a, a tiring genre of discourse, but his uh, his latest tweet, short and simple, seventeen years se- till hmm, take two. seventeen years since September eleventh exclamation point, like it's announcing your wedding anniversary or or something like hurrah, nice job everybody or I don't know what that is. W- what is that? Seventeen can years you, since September eleventh exclamation point. Can, is it? Can you believe it's been seventeen years? I don't know. I could believe that. Well, because he's a New Yorker. I don't know. That's just mystifying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. As usual. <laughs> yeah. So I started reading the Woodward book last night, and I'll tell you what. Here's something that the press didn't let me know was in there. A lot of detail about um, uh, going way back to when when Trump was thinking about running for president many years ago, and uh, and and meeting with Steve Bannon for the first time, and all this different stuff pre pre election, pre campaign, pre announcing. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because huh. I've always wondered how how a lot of that came together. And uh, so George talk- Papadopoulos took the call from Putin, then went straight to Trump. That's how it happened. <laughs> So we'll talk about that later. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, today does indeed mark uh, the 17th anniversary since the attacks in the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and the crash of a hijacked plane in Shanksville, Pennsylvania that all told killed nearly 3,000 people. President Trump on his way to Shanksville. He's going to the site of a new memorial to the victims of Flight 93. And after the attacks in 2001, President George W. Bush visited the World Trade Center telling the first responders... I can hear you! And the people people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. USA Today reporting as of now nearly 10,000 of those first responders and others who were in the World Trade Center have been diagnosed with cancer. Wow. That is... And if they, nailed, if they nailed down what horrible chemical results from <clears throat> blowing up a building that gives you cancer? I'm sure it was a combination of a lot of carcinogens. A oh, yeah, lot. It was a stew of, yeah. of, of filth and industrial materials and the rest of it. Now, Jack, you just mentioned the uh, new book called Fear, Bob Woodward's latest uh-huh. effort. A highly critical book about the Trump administration. It officially drops today. Meanwhile, the administration's ramping up the search for the anonymous author of the New York Times op-ed piece claiming that there is a resistance within the White House actively working against President Trump's agenda. Well, Donald Trump Jr. on ABC News this morning says he believes that the piece was written by a low-level person and that the Justice Department should indeed investigate the author. It's pretty disgusting. That's pretty sad. Perhaps it's a disgruntled person who's been thrown out because they didn't deliver on what they were supposed to do. What's the crime, though? Listen, I think you're subverting the will of the people. I mean, to try to control the presidency while not the president. You have millions and millions of Americans who voted for this. That's that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Which, that it's a crime or something? Yeah, the idea that it's a crime and the Justice Department needs to investigate it. That's just laughable. That's stupid. Uh, I will tell you this. Everybody but everybody. Willie Brown. Famous liberal and on the take. Uh, politician in California. <laughs> It has come out saying this is incredibly cowardly 
I had people do this sort of thing, and it was just inexcusable. Said either, you know, come out and say what you want to say or, or, or don't, which I found really surprising. Um, but the idea that it's somehow a crime or treason or something, that's just silly. The, the, uh, the undermining of particularly Republican presidents is a constant in D.C. Because the permanent bureaucracy tends to be uh, uh, lifetime politico types and or union members. And they swing left. Another new poll out, Quinnipiac University polls come out with some rather unusual findings in it. It's uh, found that voters indeed love the current economy. A total of 71% describe it as excellent in the poll. That 71% matches. of yes. people say the economy is excellent. Excellent. Wow. That matches an all-time high. I was going to say, has it ever been that high? Um, that That is something. It's spectacular. It's amazing. So clearly the president's approval ratings are through the roof. Oh, no. In the same poll, only 38% approve of the job that President Trump is doing. A CNN poll also new awards Trump a 36% approval rating. Whatever their views on the economy, those polled rate the president poorly on honesty, strength, and intelligence, dragging down the overall rating. But... And we're a long way from re-election, and who knows what the economy will be then, or what events will take place, or all that. But... Um, you know, as we saw with the presidential election in 2016, it's possible that there's a there's a giant chunk of people out there. All you need is another 10 percent on right. top of that 36 percent who would say, no, I don't approve of the way he does things. I think he's a braggart idiot dope. Right. But I'm happy with this, this, this and this. And I like him better than that person. And that person looks like a lightweight. So, yeah, I guess Trump again. Exactly. That's not hard to imagine at all. Boy, it's something, though. You are an epic world class asshat. If you can somehow counteract your own incredible economic numbers, right. since that's what most people care about, or should, uh, you know, their their own financial security slash right. success. I mean, that's the, that is some epic, epic asshatishness. It's astonishing. <laughs> Don't. Don't look for Julie Chen on CBS's The Talk. Chen, who's married to recently ousted CEO Les Moonves, was not on the show yesterday. The co-host Sharon Osbourne announced that uh, that Chen is taking some time off after her husband resigned from his position. She was calling it bittersweet. As for her own support, what's, what's bittersweet? He what's, was thrown out of his job for being a rapist. What's the Sharon, sweet part to go with the bitter? Sharon Osborne again professed her uh, love for Julie Chen. Okay, so and then well, go ahead. I, I wanted to finish this off because a, a few months ago, Sharon Osborne had uh, come out with her own support for Moonbis. She put out a tweet that a lot of people noticed mm-hmm. when it came out. Osborne saying yesterday. I was asked a couple of months ago to make a statement supporting Leslie, which I felt I I was as diplomatic as I could be with the statement that I made. But now, after seven more women have come out, Mm -hmm. the stories are so similar, the pattern is so similar. Mm that for me, he's not been convicted of any crime, but obviously the man has a problem. You're married to Ozzy Osbourne. Um, so this Chen woman, I don't know her act at all, but is she the first wife that has stood by? Harvey Weinstein's wife took off immediately, went to another country. 
Um, Matt Lauer's wife immediately were getting a divorce when they found out their husbands were serial rapists. So this Chen person is going to stick by Les Moonves, even though he turns out he's a crumb bum, if you will. Well, when the allegations first came out, she made uh, she tweeted that she uh, was going to you know stand by her man that she oh, was wow. in she was in love. He's a great guy. The f- the fact that Julie Chen ended up with essentially every plum yes. A-list job on the network doesn't really do a lot to disprove the fact that he was right. trading relations for <laughs> right. jobs. Exactly. She's a very talented woman. I bet. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let's ring the bell. Bell of freedom right there. You hear that, Al-Qaeda? Still ringing. Al-Qaeda is stronger. Bitches. As strong as they were on 9-11. After 17 years ago and after him. It's fundamentalist Islam, as you know, it goes by a variety of names and changes them as necessary. We are going to talk to our military analyst, Mike Lyons, next hour about that. Um, also, the soon-to-be, likely-to-be, worst humanitarian disaster of this century so far, which is going to take place in Syria, and the world is going to say, eh, what are you going to do? Sucks to be you. And believe it or not, I want to go back to the Swedish elections. Really? Today. Paddling in schools. Is it making a comeback? We'll take your calls. Stay tuned for that. We should paddle somebody. Back in the day when we had an intern, we got to get an intern in here. We can hit with a stick. Can you do that? Is that okay? Let's say, hey, better to seek forgiveness than permission, right? <laughs> Let's beat an intern, see what happens. Oh, wow. Wow. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hundreds of nude cyclists gathered in Philadelphia yesterday to participate in the city's annual 10-mile Philly Naked bike ride. And weirdly, it still left more to the imagination than bike shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Bike shorts are, yeah, yeah, it's a tough look. Unless you're competing in a race, I don't know. Do you need to go there? Can't you just wear regular shorts? I will be dead before I don that look. Right. I have biking shorts. But they're sensible. Right. They got a little room in there. Yeah, God bless y'all, but I see you at the Starbucks on a Sunday morning or whatever. The big group here are out for your bike ride. Unless you're actually trying to shave seconds off of right. your time trial, you're right. actually just making your workout less effective <laughs> by wearing bike shorts. Well, I I don't know, but just, just from a fashion standpoint, I just don't think it's, you know, come on. You're not on the Tour de France. You're out for a leisurely ride. Yeah. We had an engineer that would wear bike shorts. Yes. Just, just to work? Just to work. <laughs> Because he had a hog. Oh boy! Yeah, wow, that was that was veiled yet overly frank. And he was trying to show it off. Yes, I swear to God, that's yes. what was going on. Yes, there. that's precisely what was going on. Yeah, like he was a rock star in the seventies. Yes, like he was on a Journey album cover. Yes, you have genitals. Congratulations! They're Thanks for displaying them larger for than me. Larger than average. Yeah, fantastic. Hashtag me too. Um, I'm blind. Are you up on? Uh, 
Bing, uh, bagel, what, what, what are you calling it? Bagel Ghazi. Bagel Ghazi. What? Bagel Gate or Bagel Ghazi. No, what? The, the last major primary before the elections is today in New York. It's the TV star Cynthia Nixon running against Cuomo. I'm rooting for her, though it doesn't seem like she's got any chance of winning. I'm rooting her, for her just because while I'm uh, her politics aren't mine, I think she's not corrupt. I don't have any reason to think she is. And I think he almost certainly is. And I'm all for oh, yeah. booting out the corrupt. <laughs> she's wrong about everything, and he's a criminal. Yeah. So where Be- do you go? Being wrong is fine in politics. I don't like criminals. Right. Uh, well, the, I, I believe in winning the argument. No, no, no. I believe in silencing people who disagree with me by calling them Nazis. But anyway. Because I'm so brave. She ordered a bagel yesterday, and she got uh, she was in like a, a famous New York Jewish deli thing to do you know do the politician thing. Of course, I'm a li- just like you are, right? And she uh, got the the full whatever you're supposed to get there, locks and everything like that on a cinnamon raisin bagel. Oh lord! And uh, oh what? She got killed for it. Good. <laughs> That's sick. It's like when a couple of different politicians have eaten uh, pizza with a knife and fork and gotten Donald beaten up J. Point. Trump. Um, Kasich did that. Did he? Yeah. God, that's so wussy. It's weird. I mean, yeah. if you if you got like a thick pizza and it's burning hot, that is legit. I've I've never used a knife and fork on a pizza, and I shan't. Well, I, you're a bit of a fundamentalist. I'd rather see my wife in a whorehouse or something. I don't know. Yeah, There's a all right. <laughs> yeah, they're comparable. <laughs> then see my sister with a knife and fork on a blank bike. Right. Something. Yeah, I don't know. Something, something. Uh, so that's that story. I th- I think these things are hilarious. I think politicians doing stuff like that and <laughs> yes. getting results, I guess, <clears throat> is just blows my mind. You show up to Iowa town and stand on a bale of hay with a Carhartt jacket on. <laughs> Why? He's just like us. Or you go to that <laughs> deli and order the, oh, well, I didn't know she was like me. I'll be darned. <laughs> but then if you get it wrong, you kill him for it. Even yes. though the, the, the initial... The res- the initial thing they were trying to do is so stupid. Correct. <laughs> They're too dumb to believe. They're insensitive to me and my people. All right. Uh, but anyway, so she's probably going to lose today to the mm-hmm. giant machine that is run by the unions that is the uh, Cuomo family, which is disgusting. Uh, this nugget, Apple has sold since, <laughs> and I know Marshall's got a story about uh, roving bands of thieves going from Apple Store to Apple Store coming up. Because we've decriminalized crime. Uh, Apple has sold how many iPhones since they first came out? 30. 1.3 billion. Whoa. Oh, God, and now they're around $1,000. 1.3 billion iPhones they've sold. Product that didn't exist before 2007. Nobody knew they needed a smartphone. Nobody knew. Now you can't imagine living without it. That's just yeah. really interesting. There you go. Steve Jobs. I was thinking about the fact that Apple and uh, Amazon have, have uh, at least briefly, uh, flirted with the $1 trillion capitalization, and the fact that Apple has just a couple of products. Amazon is primarily a middleman and a delivery service, but they sell everything to everybody. And again, Apple just has a couple of things that you buy. I mean, if you're crazy into it, you buy one a year. And that's that's pretty extreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty into it. I'm not going to get one a year. Right. Right. Um, so we'll have that story about the marauding band going to Apple stores coming up later. A Georgia charter school is going to bring back paddling. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off in our modern uh, legalistic society. But if you're uh, younger, you might not believe this or depending on where you live. But they used to in schools, s- the teacher or the principal or whoever would have a stick that they would hit you with to discipline you. It's a paddling. 
I was right. explaining this to my kids that they absolutely couldn't believe it. Um, and uh, do you remember what the sort of infractions were that would lead to said? Uh, oh, you better believe that's a bad one. Uh, I don't actually remember. Subordination. Yeah, talking back certainly would do it. So just kind of class disruption sort of stuff. Right, and not taking the uh, the warning. All right, you got to sit down or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't. I'm going to back up a couple of steps here. First of all, 60. This is a, a number I'll bet most people couldn't guess. 65% of Americans approve of spanking children. Not that many spank children, actually mm. spank their children, but are okay with it. Mm. They don't see it as a horror. They're okay with the idea of it. 65%. Would not have guessed that. No. So well, again, my perception having been shaped by the mainstream media. Yeah. Yeah. And where you live. Right. Uh, but Yeah. I, good point. I have the sense that if you said out loud at a backyard barbecue, you spanked your kids, somebody's going to secretly call Child Protective Services and everybody's going to be aghast. But that number would tell you that, at least nationwide, the vast majority would say, oh, yeah, cool, good, to keep them in line. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and I don't particularly have any problem with it. We don't do it. But um, if you do, it isn't. Nobody's pro-abuse, of course. No, that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, getting back to the school paddling If you don't thing. know the difference, there's no helping you. Uh, the school paddling thing, uh, my recollection is, and, and, you know, I've always had, like, an overblown sense of justice, so I think I'd probably remember accurately if this wasn't true, but... Um, our principal, who was uh, gifted with the paddle and the right to use it, seemed to be a pretty fair-minded guy. It almost never happened. It existed much more in legend than fact. But do you want the school deciding whether or not to paddle your kids? I don't. Not now, no. I don't I don't want a lot of uh, empty heads. And I can't think of any at my school currently, but my kids' school, but I don't want the school having that authority. And my also my recollection is the bad kids kept doing bad stuff, and the good kids weren't going to do bad stuff anyway, so I'm not sure it made any difference. Reading the Bob Woodward book, a couple of nuggets coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.